This morning, we continue to worship with inspiration from the Psalms as we consider all of the ways in which God is holding our life. So this morning's Psalm is the 147th Psalm, and our text this morning is the first 11 verses and a portion of the 20th verse. Let us listen for the word of God as it comes to us from Psalm 147. Alleluia! How good it is to praise our God! How pleasant and how fitting to sing God's praise! Adonai rebuilds Jerusalem and gathers Israel's exiles. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God knows the number of the stars and calls each one by name. Great is the Lord and mighty in power. There is no limit to God's wisdom. Adonai, the Lord, lifts up the oppressed and casts the corrupt to the ground. Sing to our God with thanksgiving. Sing praise with the harp to our God, who covers the heavens with cloud, who provides rain for the earth who makes grass sprout on the mountains and herbs for the service of the people who give food to the cattle and to the young ravens when they cry. God does not thrill to the strength of the horse or revel in the fleetness of humans. Adonai, the Lord, delights in those who worship with reverence and who put their hope in divine love. Alleluia. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. There's not a lot of certainty about the specifics of this particular psalm. We're unsure of the timing of when it was written. It could be that the psalm was aspirational, that it was written before the end of the exile. That's the exile where God's people, Israel, were sent to Babylon after their land was conquered by a foreign and oppressive power. They were sent away from their homes and they weren't able to do the thing that they desperately wanted to do, which was to be home and to able to worship God where they felt like God was calling them to worship, which was in the temple in Jerusalem. So it could be that the psalm was writing about the hope that they had that when the exile was finally over, they would be able to return and these good things would happen. It's also possible that Psalm 147 was written just as the exile was ending, just in the very early months as God's people Israel were starting to return from Babylon to come back to Jerusalem and were starting to see sprigs of hope and glimpses of the good things that were beginning to happen after a long and bitter exile. Whenever it was written, we know that the psalm's last verse is one of its most important parts. It's an important truth for us to remember, that God does not delight in things that are fleeting, but God delights in those who live and act in faith and those who hope in divine love. The Hebrew word that's used here. The Hebrew word is pronounced yachal. It's yet another Hebrew word that's a little bit difficult to translate into English, but it's meant often to mean waiting with patient hope. To wait and hope and stay. To wait in anticipation of the good things that are coming. As I was studying this Hebrew word, yachal, and trying to find some English equivalents, 
my mind kept drifting to this idea of nesting. I'm not a parent myself, but I understand that nesting is something that many parents go through as they anticipate the arrival of a child. Those of you that are parents may have really fun nesting stories, and I would sure love to hear them if you ever feel called to reach out and share them with me. The closest that I can identify to the idea of nesting is some time that Andrew and I spent together over the summer. Many of you know that in 2019, towards the end of the year, Andrew and I went through training to become licensed foster parents. We were anticipating that our licensure would take some time and that we would have a placement sometime in 2020. Well, as last year went, it wasn't until August that we got a call that our licensure was finally complete and we'd be getting a placement. And then, with the red tape of a broken foster care system in multiple states and severely overworked social workers with caseloads that were far too large, and of course that pandemic thing in the mix, it took over a month before our placement actually arrived on our doorstep ready to move into our home. That little more than a month that we waited, I can imagine was a little bit like nesting. We were waiting and anticipating and worrying and hoping and doing a little more waiting. And for me, at least, I can say that it was not always a patient waiting. Patience is not always the first of the gifts that God has given me that I run to to practice. There were times when I got really, really frustrated with the waiting. But I can say that it was a hopeful waiting. We didn't know when we were in the midst of it how long we would have to wait. And each day we woke with a new hope. So a quick sidebar, we did eventually receive a placement and he was with us for a little over three months. And it was beautiful and it was hard and it was everything in between, which says a lot about what we do when what we're hoping for actually happens and how we respond. And that in itself could be a whole other sermon in its entirety. But back to the main idea for today. The psalm reminds us that God is worthy of our hope because God is steadfast and God is huge. In this morning's text, we hear of a God who is both creator and redeemer. God who is the powerful agent of creation before time began and the healer of the brokenhearted and the binder up and together of wounds. This is the God who names each and every single star and the God who rebuilds hearts and lives and communities that have been ravaged and wounded by things like exile and oppression and brokenness. That in and of itself, the hugeness of God seems worth celebrating, seems worth beginning and ending the psalm with huge words like Alleluia. The hope that we practice in our waiting is a hope in a steadfast God, a God that is so huge that God creates and God redeems. That's a hugeness and that's a God worth celebrating. It's also worth knowing that this is a God that will not let us down. Even though we don't know the specifics of what is coming, even though the details elude us, even though so many of us are so sick of the waiting. 
There's another word that appears and echoes throughout the Psalter, another Hebrew word that you may have seen in your very own Bible text, the Hebrew word selah. Scholars are not entirely sure if there's an exact translation of this Hebrew word selah. It's used 74 times in our sacred scriptures and 71 of those times are right here in the Psalter. Given that the Psalms were often intended for use in the context of worship, scholars wonder if the word is meant to be like a breath mark in a piece of music, or a pause to give time in between segments of worship, or even an invitation for a musical interlude. I like to think of that word salah like a break, like a transition, an in-between word, to bridge the gap from one thing to another. I have heard of other scholars and theologians referring to moments in time as selah moments. In other contexts, it's seen as a time to pause or a time to keep silence, to listen for the Holy Spirit and to rest as though being held in the palm of God's hands. And so in the context of our worship this morning, I think that those two words go together really beautifully. Yachal, the patient, waiting, hoping, staying. And Selah, the breath, pause, rest, as we're held in God's hands. Because God is in those moments, not just serving as a bridge or a transition, but holding us in the waiting, hoping, and staying as well. Sometimes I imagine a Selah moment as a pause of transition from one thing to another thing, and both things on either side of that Selah might feel or look the same. And the yachal, the waiting, hoping, staying, continues. And God remains intermixed and woven into every aspect of that movement of time and space. The God who created the heavens and the earth and named the stars knew the names of each and every soul that was exiled to Babylon. God knew their path back home to Jerusalem and worked to make their return safe and secure and full of promise. That same God knows you, knows your name. That God knit you together in the womb that gave you birth and is holding your life, held your life then and is holding your life now and will be holding your life tomorrow. That God knows you and me and every single other soul that has breath. It may be that we are still experiencing some kind of strange in-between time. And it may be a Selah moment, a breath, a pause, a transition. And it may last longer than any of us think that we are prepared to wait. And yet we can ask for the inspiration and the power and the support and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit to practice yachal, the waiting, hoping, staying. As God acts through creation and through redemption, as God keeps God's promises and fulfills our hopes of return and rejuvenation and restoration and revelation. One of our acts of Yachal is the celebration of God's abundant feast. 
It is an act of hope, an act to nourish ourselves and one another as we wait and hope and stay, remembering the acts of a creating and redeeming God. In this Selah moment, let us rest, letting a healing pause settle within us. May we be reminded that God holds us, our hopes and our hearts and our lives, and may we be at peace for this moment as we wait for the next thing. Through the power and glory and love of the Holy Spirit, may this be so.